And welcome back to another episode of Chai Spirits, guys. I'm John, this week joined by... Parker. I'm Parker. Hey, guys. And producer Jenny. And what's been going on since last week, folks? Oh, man. It's been a crazy week in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't get into all of it now. Yeah. I stopped by um, one of our uh, spots here in town and picked up a little variety pack for us to try. Um, Cinco Sentidos. Are we not going to talk about the fact that you just got back from Costa Rica? I did just get back from Costa Rica. <laughs> and now he won't shut up about Mezcal. Yeah. yeah. Co- coincidence? I don't know. I mean, I mean, since this was made in Mexico, probably a coincidence, but... yeah. I, so I was really excited about this because it was being sold as a four pack. Um, and I hadn't heard anything about Cinco Centidos. In fact, on the label, it says five Centidos and I would have pronounced it five Centidos. That's what I've been calling it up till this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, so I kind of, uh, got excited and was, I'm still trying to get to know Mezcal a little bit. So yeah, yeah. that's what we're trying to do here. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of you for branching out like this. This is great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Would you have ever guessed this years ago when you knew that I was only looking at bourbon and not specifically bourbon, but Kentucky bourbon? Yeah, no, it's like if it wasn't an allocated Kentucky bourbon, you were not interested. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody hadn't said that they really liked it and wanted it, I was not interested in it. So now here I'm with doing that exact same thing with Mezcals. <laughs> You've grown as a person. I yeah. think that's important. Yeah. Different categories. Bourbon's too hard to find. Um, but no, so this week we're looking at Cinco Sentidos and, um, have you, have you guys ever heard of this before? Mm -hmm. I have actually. So our, uh, our local Mezcal bar that we love, uh, uh, Stereo. We're not sponsored by them yet. Yet. Um, but we do, we do love to swing by there once in a while and get some Mezcal. They have a pretty good selection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have, well, they have really good cocktails too, Mm -hmm. um, that you can get, but then their Mezcal and tequila selection is pretty good as well. Yeah. It's a very popular place. So you gotta, you can't go some nights that's just too crowded. I feel like we usually end up there like after we go to brunch on like a Sunday. Yeah. That's That's usually the move. Yeah. Sunday afternoon's a good time to go. Mm -hmm. Especially when the weather's nice. They have all the doors opened up. It's Mm -hmm. like on a corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's It's a good spot. Yeah. But, uh, but they have a good Mezcal selection. They actually have some Cinco Sentidos. They have a Cinco Sentidos pick actually. Oh. Which is super good. So if you're, I think they actually might have two picks. I was, I was going to say, I remember, yeah. I believe we tried both. It's I, two picks of different, uh, different agave types. Which is kind of wild because I looked at the Cinco Sentidos website and I noticed that Asteria was on there and there's like nine, maybe 12 or maybe some under 20 places that have like a special release with mm-hmm. Cinco Sentidos. So, yeah. and like three of them are in Chicago. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Do you remember the other two? Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm interested. Uh, well, so, um, Two other, they're liquor stores though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you have to visit the website for that. Yeah. But no, like we, I'm a big fan of both of the uh, Cinco Sentidos I tried uh, at a stereo that there were, they were like yeah. exclusive picks. Yeah. Uh, we're both pretty different too, um, but really, really good. So if you come across a, uh, a place that has its own Cinco Sentido, like special release, please try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why that's so special is that this isn't, uh, this is kind of a unique brand they're terroir driven which is probably true of like every mezcal like but somebody said this about them but they're named after the five senses that their mezcaleros use to produce their agave spirits so like these um this brand is not they don't produce their own stuff they are choosing it from these uh distilleries these master distillers uh, to use the terms of bourbon drinkers mm-hmm. um and a mezcalero, a mezcalero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they don't, and these mezcaleros, they don't use any machinery or tools. They're being just guided by those five senses. So that was kind of the idea behind it. Now it was launched by this El Distilado, El Distilado restaurant in central Huaca. And it was known for its menu and it's agave spirits. So these are some of the best mezcaleros in the region and uh, it's uncertified mezcal, and it's labeled as um, Destilado de Agave. So um, what I find kind of interesting is that, and, you know, maybe this is good or bad, but it was started by two guys from the United States who, like, met up in Huaca, and they were like, wow, we love this, the culture, the food, the uh, and, of course, the mezcal here. And so they developed this friendship, and they made this plan to scour the region, finding these small distillers and really help mm-hmm. them bring their goods to market. So, you know, it's, I don't, I mean, what do you guys think of that story? Well, you know, 
it, it's good that they're getting the good word about Mezcal out and about. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're almost promoters for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good way to put it. I mean, it's not super unsimilar to what like Plantation does with rum. Right. That's what, immediately what I was thinking. Because you know, they, they have a few of their own distilleries, but then for the most part, it's like all these different countries are getting stuff from. They're doing something similar. So I'm, it's probably great for the local you know, um, people growing agave and making Mezcal as far as being able to, that wouldn't normally get that product out to everybody. wouldn't get it to us up here in Chicago for sure. Right, right. I mean, it makes, gives them more of a reason to produce more of their product because they, I mean, you'll, we'll yeah, talk a little I mean, bit more about this as we try these, but these are not huge batches of product that they're making. Yeah. I mean, ideally if it's like the, the, the small, the, the farmer there who's making Mezcal on the side, then like hits it big selling a great Mezcal, is that a slightly better story? Probably. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at least this way they're getting, they're getting their mezcal out there. It's more like a partnership. Yeah. And they, that's what I read was that they aim to highlight the various production processes, agave diversity and talents and traditions of the amazing people who make those spirits and their rigor and their esteem. So I think that's, you know, that maybe that's boilerplate for some, but for me that really means something to at least say that's part of their aim. They don't blend. They don't, um, add, alter the spirits from their original form. So, um, so no dosage is what you're telling no me. No dosage in this mezcal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I'm excited. What I'm excited to try about them is that, okay, um, there's a lot of hype on the website, you know, online about like, okay, we've p- produced these, we found these mezcaleros, um, but, you know, how good is your palate? Like, have you found the right ones? Because mm-hmm. I imagine that, mm-hmm. you know, this is probably like brandies in um, France or like... Uh, like small scale distilled spirits sitting in somebody's, you know, farm or basement, mm-hmm. but are they good? You know, cause like this is from a long tradition of people making their own, like in Huaca versus, you know, parts of France or other places where, you know, it's not illegal to distill or maybe it is, but you do it in small batches anyway, cause it's part of your tradition. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see like, did you make the right picks? You know? Yeah. Yeah. These two guys. But first a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So we've got four expressions to try. An Espadín Capón, Sierra Negra, Tobola, and Tepestate. Very excited. Yeah. I, I am very on record loving Tobola. And I've had a couple great Tepestates. I've never even heard of Tepestate. In fact, I had to look up no, how to pronounce it. No, I didn't it. know that one. Yeah, I, yeah. Appreciate, I appreciate you uh, pronouncing it because I am still not confident in the pronunciation of that word there's an x in there that's mm-hmm. a z for our purposes just replace the x with a z and that'll get you there halfway <laughs> so the first three that we're going to try produced by the same mescalero so let's start off with the es- espadine capon this is um made in uh santa catarina Alber- uh, alboradas huaca so I'm, i probably butchered that but by alberto martinez and his son-in-law reynaldo and um, they go through this, I mean, you can read online about this like long process that they do. Um, but what I think is really interesting is that they, um, uh, they use this process of, where did I see this? You mean to jump in here? I, I yeah. feel like uh, you're talking about how they leave this, the, uh, they cut the stalks and leave it in the field for a year. Yeah. What is that about? Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah. So it. And it, yeah, you actually have very detailed notes on here. Yeah, it's too detailed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is good. This is a good uh, um, run for you here. To, yeah, <laughs> you right. generally want to tone it down a bit. <laughs> but I appreciate all the information on it. I got very excited um, synthesizing mm-hmm. information across websites about this. Yeah, but what it does is it lets the, the sugar kind of uh, concentrate, which, is the, which comes through in the distillation. Uh, so you get a little bit more uh, enhancement thanks to all the, uh, the sugar going on. And so this is what I find really interesting about natural sugar, by the way, not sugar is about mezcal is that we're talking about a plant here, the angustifolia plant to produce espadine, um, probably butchering that as well. But, um, so like, unlike whiskey, we're making this out of different types of agave plants. And so this particular one, I guess if you leave it in a field for about a year, it can really produce this natural sugar or I guess maybe get it all to one place because it, it's woody, right? Like the agave plant is like a really woody aloe if people aren't familiar with that. So I mean, kind of, yeah. Uh, I li- I'm reading up on your notes here of the, uh, the process, which uh, like underground oven, hand milled with wooden mallets, which is awesome. Right. 
Uh, fermented in stone, spring water, and tree bark, open yes, air yeast. I mean, this really tree cool. bark is called Encino de Agua, Aguapa, Agupa, um, which sounds very interesting. So, and it's double distilled in clay pot stills. So that's pretty big down there too. The clay pot still really? thing. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, a lot of times you hear about like the stone to mash the agave and you got a donkey pulling it and it's very, uh, tr- well, true to tradition what they were doing a hundred years ago. Making I think go. is that, that's a different process of grinding called using a tahona. A uh, wheel? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. These guys are using mallets. So it's different, yeah. but like, I like that a lot of the, uh, distilleries down there, they're, uh, they're doing really old school way to do it, which yeah. is very neat. That is wild. Jenny, what do you think of that? I'm over here tasting it already. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's moved on. Okay, wait. So what did you She's get? like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> All right. What did you get on, on the nose, though? On the nose, I... Are you getting the elevation of 6,500 feet above sea level? Because if you want... That is 100% what I got on the nose. Nailed it. Um, no, I my, I don't know that I'm very good at... I, part of the reason I got ahead on it is I feel like I have trouble picking out flavors on mezcals, so I was trying to like plan ahead a little bit here. Um, I think the note that I got on the notes that I got on the nose were like peach and like bell pepper, like green pepper. Mm. I can't get over how smoky this smells. I mean, it's not, it's not overbearing, but like I'm having a hard time like finding Getting past notes. The, past no, that. I know that's why. Yeah. Which I love. I mean, I love how it definitely smells smoky. I was just, I feel like that's most mezcal. So I kind of skipped that particular note. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't think this is overly smoky compared to some other mezcals, no. but it's no. got, it's definitely, it's definitely present. Kind of that, um, I don't know, I don't know a better word for smoky. Well, like what kind of smoke? Like it's not like campfire as much as it's like. No, no, no. Yeah. It's Some like more. a bell pepper caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely get that pepper. I could kind of maybe see your apricot. I mean, a hint of vanilla. Mm. Yeah. I was trying to pick us like some, I feel like there's like a subtle fruit on it and peach is peach or melon. Were the ones that I... Cantaloupe, maybe? I mean, yeah, melon and cantaloupe. Like a, su- yeah. like a subtle like, fruit note. Yeah. Well, I feel like cantaloupe's a really subtle fruit note. It's not like... Oh, whereas a... Uh, mm, I'm thinking here. Like, I guess even peach is kind of subtle, but I think peach is a little more pronounced than it. Pe- peach cantaloupe. can be, for sure, but it can't... But yeah, I'm, whatever it was, it was a subtle note. Mm. Ooh, how do you like the palate, John? Yeah. Um, wow, that's incredible. It's, um, it's ashy almost, but it's also got like... Um, Wait, it was like a, a strong black pepper in a way that I really like. I'm I'm a lot newer to mezcal than you guys, so uh, this, what are you guys no. picking up? <laughs> I feel like I started around the time you did. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you pick up something? Any? I mean, what did you think of that? I think it's good. I think that. Um, yeah, I loved it's, it. it. It's tough. It's tough with mezcals because when you start with the ones that are like really funky, they turn a lot of people off to mezcal altogether and i don't think this is one of those when like this is an espadine which is kind of a would you say an espadine is like a starter in terms of mezcals or entry level mezcal yes i mean it's the most common the the plant that they use to make espadine right yeah yeah that's the most common it's you can farm it yeah we'll get into uh, anytime we talk about total i'm always raving about how they have to like climb a mountain to get the Mm -hmm. wait till we get to testate yeah but uh, yeah, you can you can farm espadine. It's it's the most common you'll see on the shelf of a of a mezcal. It's either going to be espadine. I mean, not, there's plenty of different varieties, but espadine is the one you're going to see the most of. And then those ensemble. Anytime you see like an ensemble, there's usually some espadine in there. Not always, but usually. And uh, yeah, there's a lot, espadine is a very common agave. So a good place to start, honestly. And actually, though, this is a little higher alcohol content, I think, than some. It's almost a um, hundred proof. It's 98. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Which is, I think, a little I, higher than I definitely, normally is. I would definitely wasn't expecting that when I, when I took my first sip. I'm like, ooh, it's got some... It it's got a bit of it. heat. Yep. It's actually, um, that proof is higher than the other ones we're going to try. But because this is the Espadine, I figured we should start there. Oh, no. You should, that's definitely the place to start for sure. And typically, that's, that's the, the less expensive variety. When you look at a brand that does different agaves, the Espadine is usually the cheapest one. Now, did, how did this compare to other espadines that you've had? Can you recount? Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty comparable yeah. to like, I mean, I think like we did our Los Vecinos episode a while, wait, a while, while back now. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Los Vecinos, I feel like, was smokier than this, the the espadine at least. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little, I don't know what I got. I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've had it, so it's kind of tough to. 
compare, but it's, yeah. it's very comparable in flavor. But this, do I like this better? I don't know. I have to do it side by side. I find this to be a little earthy and vegetative, um, but that's my take now. Like, I would definitely be interested in coming back to this. Yeah, I'm still like, I'm really gathering. My, it's been a while since we did a mezcal tasting. I'm like gathering my thoughts here. And our, uh, it's just such a different set of um, tasting notes, I feel. Or like the approach to finding a f- like flavors is just so different. For and me. we literally have a different tasting wheel and still I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they were giving me a hard time with the tasting wheel before we started recording. Uh, this is the best one I could find. And it's pretty we weren't, good. We weren't giving you a hard time. It's just like, why are these things on here? Yeah, like, why we were, is moldy cork an option on here? We were giving here? Ian Chadwick a hard time, who adapted yeah. this for tequila <laughs> from Ann Noble's uh, award-winning original wine aroma wheel, copyright 1990. Oh, man. It's, 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 the, most, it's the best one I could find on short note. Well, like, we got this from another episode we did for tequila. Yeah, for sure. Which, you know, not the exact same, but pretty close. I think so. we need to, as Chai Spirits guys, create a tasting wheel for Mezcal yeah. Tequila. Yeah, a couple of white guys getting together. That's That seems like exactly who hey, needs to find you, their stamp you, on Mezcal tasting. For a second that Ian Chadwick isn't a white guy. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> and if we're dealing with his wheel written in that's, Comic Sans. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Okay, so any other final thoughts on the S? Yeah, I wish I... I kind of want to have some more detailed tasting notes here. I'm... Like, I got your black pepper on the nose there. Yeah. I get some kind of peppery spice. I just can't put my finger on it. I'm looking at the wheel here. It's like, I didn't think it was clove necessarily. Mm-mm. Maybe. I mean, I could I, get closer I, to that. Yes. Um, like, licorice anise is another one. It's like, I don't know if that was it either. And uh, I didn't think it was cinnamon either. We just, I mean, I recently had some cinnamon flavored stuff, and uh, I don't think it was like that. Big so, red chewing gum. So I guess black pepper was the closest thing to it. But maybe a little, like a little hint of that black pepper, a little hint of some kind of fruit, but a subtle, and then maybe yeah. a little vanilla, and that's. I, yeah, I, I felt like what I got on the nose and what I got on the palate weren't like the palate wasn't surprising to me after the nose. Like it seemed yeah. pretty predictable. I think you're so right about that. All right, so the next two that we're going to tr- or the, uh, that we're going to try are also by Alberto Martino Lopez and his son-in-law Reynaldo. I'm super excited about them. I think that it was actually really hard to choose which one to go next because the Sierra Negra, which we're going to try next, it takes 12 to 15 years for the plant to reach its maturity. It's an, uh, the plant is an Americana agave. And so, I mean, I know that you're always talking about how long it takes for Tobola and what difficult conditions, but I figured we'd start with the Sierra Negra. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a long time. And the Oh, and then once it's harvested, he bakes the agave. I think this is similar to the other process. And um, with uh, Encino oak and river rocks for a week. So I think that's just incredible. I know that a lot of agave spend some time being baked, but for a week, that's just wild to me. Um, yeah, that is a that is a process, my I mean, friend. Oh my but it's God. like a barbecue. Uh, like agave, or excuse me, mezcal is like the barbecue of spirits. It's taking this long time indirect heat. They um, subsequently they mash it by hand again with those wooden mallets and then they put it in these stone tanks and let it ferment. So I guess the idea of stone is probably so that it doesn't like in, like the spirit doesn't pick up any of the or proto spirit. It's not spirit yet. It doesn't pick up the flavor of the container probably. Um, yeah. And then the bark. So we didn't talk about this last time, but they're using the same bark again uh, during the fermentation process. And that provides this organic source of nitrogen that stabilizes the fermentation. Why? Why do they need that? Because it's 7,500 feet above sea level that they're doing that. So I guess that's a thing. I'm from Florida, so I don't know what, you know, the sea level height deals with fermentation, but it fucks it up. I I guess. Over 50 feet, I get a little winded there. Oh my God, I can barely breathe. I'm, I'm, we're second story right here. <laughs> we just all have ranch homes in Florida. No, no go down to the basement, your basement in Florida. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, wait, right. wait. yeah. You don't have one. Oh, you mean my water pit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, double distilled. So the first batch of this mezcal was released in 2017. Guess how many bottles? Yeah, 181. So I don't know how many are in this one, but uh, each batch is different. They vary slightly in ABV. Um, this one is about 46.7%. So are you ready to try this? Yeah, I am. All right. Jenny's nosing it. The nose is pretty different than the last one. It's very different. It's not as smoky. I'm getting like a subtle banana f- note on that. 
Parker, what about you? Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely less smoke on this one. Yeah, no, I'm getting... Sometimes I get this on mezcal. Am I getting a hint of lemon? Oh. There's definitely citrus on this, Mm. I was thinking. Yeah. But citrus was my first thought, and then I was like, wait a minute, I was sidetracked. It was, and I was like, what is that? That's some, like... Now I like have to figure out I'm what it is. I'm getting a funky cheese, like a blue cheese. And I get this a lot on, on Mezcal's. <laughs> and I love really love that. Not talking blue shit. Cheese. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I get that on the more of like a provolone. No, <laughs> really? It's not, yeah, it's not, t- it's not over the top. Like I've had some that I really. Blue cheese isn't always super funky. It's, it's right. kind of a subtle, but like off the beaten path. Like maybe, maybe a Munster. Yeah. But, and then like definitely, definitely a little, little lemon. A maybe little... apple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really uh, might, Yeah, Although I don't know. I do get your banana, though. I do get yeah. that, too. I'm going to dive in here. Let's do it. Everybody take a sip. I think the key is we got to start staggering the sip, so it's like we're all drinking and then taste it, thinking about it for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Ooh. This is really good. Um, it's vastly different than the last one. So different. It's so different. It's it's mm-hmm. smoky, but not smoky in the same way. It's subtly smoky. Yeah, it's, it's not as, as up front with the smoke like a lot of other mezcals. It's... Just so smoothly, uh, I hate to say smooth, but I mean like not over the top smoky. Grapefruit and lemon. Yeah, that citrus note again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what is this called again? This is the... Uh, this is the Sierra, Sierra Negra. Sierra Negra. I've noticed in our episodes, we, we do a bad job of revisiting the name of things. And it's like, oh, we said the name at the beginning. And then it's like 10 minutes of talking about it. I'm like, what are we talking about? This again? is the Sierra yeah. Negra, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. let's, and now let's move on to the next one. Yeah, right. And then we don't even say what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, I'm trying to pick out, there's something very familiar in the like end of the, almost to the finish, not quite in this taste. And I can't figure it out and it's driving me nuts. You're right. There is. Like there's something sweet about it at the end, I feel like. It, there's definitely a second act here. I'm trying to uh, dig deep. Mm. It's part of the smoky taste. It's like a more specific. <laughs> Could it be chocolate? I love Jenny's look oh on her face. Oh, my science. I think for me, um, it is that kind of like uh, baking chocolate. Not like... Oh, my God. I'll t- I, think, I think I figured, yeah. it, I think oh. I figured it out. I think I figured it out. Why, like why I know this taste from. It's that fucking Coca-Leca. It's a honey chocolate like hybrid. Oh, honey chocolate. Okay. Which is wild because that is the last thing I would expect to pick up in a mezcal. Yeah. If you drink no. this side by side with Coca-Leca. So when I, it's funny when you say it reminds you of an agricole rum, like you're right. It totally does. But I got that on the nose when I first. She's made, our producer, man. <laughs> um, no, but um, when I first smelled that and tasted it i was like if i tasted this not knowing it was a mezcal i would i might question myself a little bit and i don't know if i would if agricole rum is the first thing i would have gone to but that does totally make sense yeah, yeah. well yeah, it's definitely more subtle than an agricole rum like mm-hmm. that's that really hits you with the green mm-hmm. i think it shares that vegetative though. yeah yeah the two that we've had so far i don't feel like the vegetal notes have come through just yet mm. well a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, for this one, for me, just like, what, to the extent that I can agree with you that it tastes like an agricole rum, that's what I'm picking up on, is that, mm-hmm. yeah. It's kind of like, an, honestly, like an aged agricole rum, so it's smoothed out the green on it, and you yeah. know, more like the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, spend a week baking, and then... No, I mean, it did. Yeah, all that kind of good stuff. So now we're going to move on to the Tobola. How excited are you right now, Parker? I'm incredibly excited. As everyone knows, I love oh, this sorry. agave. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the Tobola? Um, oh, my God, I do. Yeah. Um, see, do you have some elaborate notes here I can reference? Uh, there's only like three paragraphs, so um, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, so so Tobola is... Uh, like, what do you recall from it without even looking at the notes? Oh, yeah, I don't need to look at the notes for yeah, this. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll use the notes. So the big thing about Tobola is it's, it doesn't grow... You can't farm it. It only grows high elevations, usually in the mountains. It, like it, it's almost like it's. Somebody was talking about this recently. A rep for a, a different uh, mezcal brand, and we were trying their Tobola, and she was telling us about the agave and how it kind of seeks out almost like defensive places to grow. It's it's on the side of a, you know, the side of a mountain where like uh, like strange uh, like strange like uh, yeah prey, prey can't get to it. Well, so, that yeah. makes sense because if like the plant needs to take twenty years to flower, yeah, it's, it's it, almost like it grows sideways out of a hill. Yeah, because it's got to yeah. it's got to be in a place where nothing's gonna mess with it. Yeah, mm. and 
because it, it grows at this high elevation in hard to grow places, it's it's typically you get a lot more minerality on it because of the type of soil it's in. It's not like you know, it's not the, the farming soil that the espadine and the blue Weber agave are getting grown in. It's in the you know in nature, up up high where it's a little bit chalkier. I know France no has, France has a region like this where it's like a much more um, like the terroir. Is yeah, like a little like a chalkier soil that impacts the grapes, that impacts the wine. And that only like exists in certain places. Yeah, so like what, weirder places. Yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of how this how Tobola goes, and that's what I love about it. Historically, in Tobolas I've had is just like I fucking love those notes. But all right, so here's the thing about this, and is this true for all Tobola? It, this is made during La Can. Canicula, I think. Um, it's a brief dry period in the middle of the rainy season each year, which is interesting because my recent visit to Costa Rica was during the rainy season in what was supposed to be a very short period of dry weather, and it was dry. Um, but um, so that I mean, just not knowing anything about the specifics of that there, the specifics of that there about my Costa Rican trip, or no, of uh, l- d- distilling mezcal. Yeah, but knowing about growing peppers, which I do. Yeah. So the light, the light gardening knowledge I have, I can use towards this. If the dry season is probably the, the time where they grow the least. Okay. So that makes sense as to when they would harvest them. Because when you get, whenever you get in the rainy season, like that's plants crave that. At least my peppers do. Yeah. They love the rain. They love water. They're so freaking thirsty. Always. Yeah. Water those things three times a day. And, uh, so if there is a dry spell, that is definitely the time because if you let it dry out too much it's going to take away from it so yeah get it right as, as soon as that rainy season's over yeah go get those that's i when, see that's something they're gonna be their plumpest their uh Plump. ripest whatever you want to call it whenever they're, they're gonna be most ready to go in the like the beginning of the dry season so well so they it's this like em. really weird period in the middle of the rainy season so i don't know why they don't wait but they don't maybe right so, so. this is harvested at 7500 feet above sea level mm-hmm. in the santa catarina abaderadas ahuaca area and the first batch in 2018 made 112 liters, which I don't know what that means because I don't speak <laughs> liters. That's not very much. Yeah, it's no. not. Yeah, 112. Um, and it made 116, or it was from 116 Tobola plants. Um, so the Alberto and his son-in-law, they took that Tobola into the underground conical oven with Encino oak for six days. So it's a little shorter uh, period, but with this different process. Um well, I guess it's about a week, six days. We're going to split hairs here um, between this and the Sierra Negra. And then they, again, they hand mash the cooked agave with those wooden mallets using spring water and that bark for four days. They fermented it and then they um, double distilled it. So pretty similar process to the others, different plants. So I'm excited. We'll really kind of tone in on the difference between um, the Sierra Negra and Tobola plants, which both seem to be harvested around the same area. Um, on the nose, I'm getting a lot of that minerality that I was expecting. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's the smoke on this one again is a little bit, um, evaporated. It's, I don't, are you getting any? Oh, evaporated is not the word I was going to use. I was just going to say, no, I thought it was light on the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's gone. I get a little, and don't give me our time about it. I get a little petroleum note, but not in a bad way. I mean, you are a big fan of petroleum. I feel like. I feel like I should be starting to look at the weird, the weird ones on this this tasting wheel and try to use them a little bit. Only because I invested in that solar company that lost me a bunch of money. So. <laughs> yeah, but no, I totally get you, Jenny. This seems like um, I was not expecting there to be a ton of smoke, but like in the in from Sierra Negra, this is like a progression away from smoke. It's um, it's almost fishy too. Um, a little briny. Yeah, briny. Yeah, mm-hmm. tobacco stuck out to me. Ooh. Like, I feel like that's the type of smokiness it is. Yeah. I love, oh God, I love the complexity of Tobola. I love, I love the complex minerality. Mm. Parker's having fun right There's now. like five things happening here that are wonderful. I could, I, it would take me forever to really break it down for you. And Let you'd me, probably break it down a little differently each time, right? Mm-hmm. I wish Steven was here. No offense, guys. No, 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 yeah. No, he's just like a, a slight. It's yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, taste. I, I was thinking cigar smoke, but. Did you, are you talking about the taste? Have you tried it? No. Um, burnt match. I'm sorry. That's just something on this wheel on my having tasted it. It's smokier than I would have figured. Oh yeah. It's smokier in the palate for sure. It's got that tobacco kind of smoke though on the palate. No, that's what I was thinking. It reminds me of that cigar I smoked last week. That's what I just said. Cigars. I know, but I'm telling you like, I'm I'm with you. 
All right, let I'll me check out. Let but, me check out. But Ian Chadwick's wheel. But here. there's more going on there. It's a little, maybe a little floral. There's something like light about it. Wow, like, like a hint of violet. I just took my first taste of this, and it's Plex, from the beginning. Spirits. Jenny's hair is just gone straight up. <laughs> you know, I kind of get some raspberry on that. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a little, yeah, it's light. Maybe not floral, but fruity. Yeah, I think there is something floral in there. A little raspberry, a little violet. Violet, you're turning violet. Violet. <laughs> is that, is that, is that, it, hold on. Is that an Incredibles reference? <laughs> no, it's a well, which is probably a reference to Willy Wonka. Oh, that's right. That's that's that is the OG reference of that. Yeah, I do get. I feel like the the green, um, like the vegetal flavor is is grassy to me. You know, what blows my mind is that kind when we're tasting a spirit we don't like. Like I, I feel no. like a lot of times I'm like, oh yeah, it's very vegetative, and I'm like, I don't mean that as a compliment. But here it just works so well. Well, it's that is like one of so many things going on here. So it's yeah. just like it's not like it's yeah. like you get that for like I feel like I'm, I feel like I could point to this part on my tongue where I got that flavor, really? and then yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much going on here. Again, again, like the petroleum note I got on the nose. It's like that wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. No, I know. Like I, I do think that that's a thing that. Like when you like when you say that petroleum is a note, or you say that like something that's not a nor- like a food is a note. A lot of people view that as a bad thing, but I'll tell you how I know it's a good thing. One of the um, plantation rum because they're very upfront about like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a tasting note on one of their vintage. I think it was a vintage one, and oh, it was a Trinidad vintage from last year. And on the they had like three tasting notes for it. It was like this, this, and this, and the third one was petrol. Oh, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, yeah, it's this, this, and it's petrol. Like they're That's not like, trying to hide that note from you. And it's like, hey, no, this is like not a bad thing. This because is just, rum is always like so far away from that. Mm-hmm. Like it would be nice to have a rum that so is. Yeah, this is a different profile. But it's like, it's not like you're like, oh my God, it tastes like petrol. It's like, no, oh yeah, I get that note. Okay, so yeah. I've got grass and honey and tobacco are three of the things that I have on this. <laughs> I could agree with that. Also, are you getting any methyl anthranilolite? What the fuck? That. I mean, Ch- Ian Chadwick thinks that's a thing that we might get. Where is that on this thing? It's over in the other category <laughs> under fruity. <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, guys, don't shit on this tasting. <laughs> it's not you, it's Parker. Ian. You didn't make it. That's why we need our own. No, but I'm promoting it by using it in our podcast. <laughs> well, normally we don't name the tasting what we use, but this one's just so wonky that it we is have wild. to use it. No, like, I just want to point out some of the weird ones on here that I'm just like, I, I like hope I don't have to use these. Like, one of them is wet dog. Um, let's see. Skunk is literally on here. That's under the sulfur chemical category. <laughs> Listen, you guys clearly haven't done a proper tasting of a category like I have. Yeah, you know. Where, hey, you, you, we're going to try 30 tequilas today. Guess what? Ten of them are terrible. Right. Tar right. is on here. The thing is, like, a lot of tasting wheels are made, and Ian knew this and wanted to steer clear of it, obviously. They're made with only good options. Also, and this one has a lot of not good options. All right. It sounds like we're ready to move on. Um, so, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, um, I, I love that, by the way. This mm-hmm. is really yeah. great. I mean, God, there's, I think there's five more notes there I can find if we took the time on it. I mean, but, we can always you, come But back. you know what? That yeah. is just very different uh, from any other Mezcal I've ever had. Well, get excited because I think this next one is... So the next one I'm stoked about. I've never had a Tepestate before. Um, but oh, Parker, right. you, you say you have? I have. I've had a couple. And uh, they, at least the one I remember was phenomenal. It was a uh, it was a Bonnez uh, Tepestate, which was freaking amazing. Another great brand, yeah. Have we talked about... Have We We haven't done a Bonnez episode at all. How have we not? Or have we, not, we haven't Be- talked about Because it. I didn't win the Powerball. Is and, it I, really and, and, I, and I can't buy five hundred dollar bottles of mezcal. Well, yeah, they're Ooh. they're um, they got a wide variety of stuff, which would be great to try. I just I'll, I'm not rich. Is it the Espadine? I'll buy two. You buy two. Is it the Espadine? That's uh, there's one that's reasonably priced that yeah, we like. Yeah, yeah. yes, that's like seventy or it's, something. It's an Espadine and Barrel mm-hmm. um, combo. It's mostly Espadine. It's like a little mm-hmm. bit of it's like I don't know a couple percentage points of uh, Barrel, and uh, it's great. Yeah, that, that's a great. Entry level mezcal, mm-hmm. but they have a they have a whole variety of them. It just yeah, they're kind of expensive. And okay. are they well, 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 really, mezcal is not a is not a cheap spirit. Yeah, I mean, which, is, which is great. It's it's kind of really high quality. Like all these guys who are, are making this amazing high quality stuff, they're you know bashing it with mallets or as we'll say if you if you haven't with noticed, stone. yeah, the way they're making it is like it's a very specialized and very. It's like I don't want to call it artisanal because they're all fucking doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. No, but they're working their asses off to make this. But it just seems there is like a very cool story behind just about every mezcal that we've had. I feel like. Well, it's like when we pay a bunch of money for a Kohana rum. That's like a half size bottle. I'm reminded of the fact that there's four guys with machetes chopping all the shit down. So right, like, right. You know, we got to pay those four guys. They're working hard out there. I mean, yeah. there are no, like we said at the outset here, for every single one of these expressions, there are no machines used. This is all, I mean, they're simple mm-hmm. machinery, right. but like they're not using very like model machinery. Well, very it, specifically handcrafted. Yeah. It's such limited batches too. Yeah. Oh my God, this is a... Let's talk about how... I just saw the back of this label for yeah. this thing. A 97 liter batch. Yeah, Tepestate. This is a prized, slow maturing, wild varietal, uniquely complex vegetal. Um, it's yeah. extremely limited release. Yeah, similar to the uh, Topolots, it's wild harvested. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, also, guess what the age of the plant is. Or just say it, Jenny. Oh, I. I, I is it, is I it 14 looked. years? <laughs> it's 20 years. This oh, plant can 20 vote. 20 years. Holy shit. This plant can vote. So the plant, well, actually it can't. the plant itself I mean, is twenty years old. So that's yeah. that's such an interesting um, comparison to like a, a whiskey. Yeah, that's a, where it's that like, was hey, my it's, thought. Yeah, it's aged in the bear because then there it's not about the distillate as much. I mean, it is about the distillate a little bit, but it's about like, hey, we're aging twenty years in well, this barrel in this yeah. in this climate, and it's doing this. It's got this char on it. Right. Well, this like, is a completely different look at that. To your point, I mean, the uh, for whiskey, the grain should be fresh, right? Like you want to mm-hmm. grow the grain, mm-hmm. you want it to get milled fresh. I mean, it's that season. This it takes twenty years for this plant, so it's kind of like doing the aging on the front end versus the back end of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of anything like that before in terms of spirits. That's so cool. Well, even the last one we were drinking, the last two, I think the Sierra Negra Tobola, they take um, a few, uh, what was it, like, like 12, 14, 12, 14 years? years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, like you've seen agave plants, they're mm-hmm. they're big plants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the Sierra wild. Negra was 12 to 15 years to reach its maturity. So, And they're doing these in like high altitude on the side of a mountain. It's not farmed. Um, it's found in the wild, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, but now here's what's important about this one. This is different. And oh, even if you look at the labels, it's different. I see my Tohana in here. That's great. Different Mescalero. This mm-hmm. is Luis Enrique Juarez and San Agustin um, uh, Amatenga Huaca. Yeah, they're back. So, they're back to the Tohana instead of the mallets. Right. So this is different. This is, um, which is surprising to me because I would have thought that the mallets would be for like really small batches, and this is the smallest, and they're using the stone. Listen, so. if you've got a two ton wheel made of volcanic stone you're gonna fucking use it right maybe he uses it for other stuff too i mean yeah like he's, he's in a wagon I, mean, I, I like to think he's got he's got two one ton wheels on the side of a Sorry. wagon that he's taking that out of context is just funny right in town oh like he's using it for espadine out of context <laughs> so um yeah so this jenny's very amused this is great yeah yeah, and you know what? That's just, I'm sorry, that was funny. Because what I have online is probably not um, specific to this. Whoa! I just checked out the nose. Holy shit! I didn't do it yet. So this this Wild. batch is yeah a little more than the last one. This is from 2020, bottled in 2020. Woo! Oh man, this is totally different. <laughs> wow, what is? It's like a. Can we? Can we? Oh well. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you did you get through the things you needed to say? Oh yeah. I feel like it's important to hit a random sound effect right now. This is yeah. uh. This wow, is, wow, wow, wow. Nope. Not that. Not that one. Mm. Better, better. That, that's better. <laughs> I'm listening without a uh, without headphones, but I um, agree with whatever was just um, The first one was applause. The second one was a rim shot. The last one, which was the appropriate one, was horn jazz. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, you know, fuck it. Play the fourth one. That's the intro. Oh, the intro that's music? the intro music. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we we have other options in the future, right? If we plan ahead. Yeah, on this. we yeah we we will plan ahead better. Again, if you have any ideas for new sound effects for us to use. Um, I mean, I feel like we need wah, wah, wah. Yeah, we yeah. That for this I, one, but no, yeah. no, no. This is not that. But like, just I to feel have like the one thing that I want to use our friend Harrison for is I want him to. I want to record his voice saying like "don't" or like just like something stupid when somebody makes like a really um well, if you want overly to pour- no overly pretentious tasting note, I want to like call them out on it mm. using some sort of sound mm. effect. I mean, if you want to record him saying something stupid, just record him anytime. <laughs> okay, well, so maybe it's not Harrison. I'm just saying, like, what what is the sound effect for that we use when somebody has a really overly annoying tasting hmm. note? That's a good question. Right? Like, I feel like that's I feel like that would be a good use of a sound effect. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I'm gonna give this some thought. I feel like I'm like I'm just thinking about the Maybe. guy pushing the glasses up the eyes. Like, well, actually, yeah. Um, I'm gonna take a sniff of this. I can't stop. I mean, like, I'm it's trying wild. to this is. It's fucking wild. It's it's like there's not. It doesn't even smell like a mezcal to me. It just is like woo. That is green pepper. Honestly, yeah. no, you know it's spicier than green pepper. It's. I was gonna say lima bean. It reminded me of like a hot sauce, really, like a cayenne pepper hot sauce. But it's not like a, an ethanol. Note. I feel like green is one of the things in this, and there yeah. are many other things. Like I don't feel like it's like. It's also floral. Like I get this like, almost. Um, there's something so familiar. It's. I mean, is it jalapeno? Maybe habanero even. Maybe it's vanilla. Those, are, th- those things something. are very different from each other. No, no, no yeah. I'm, go- I'm going like fresh jalapeno. That's that's one of five notes on here. Hold on. Yeah. Fresh jalapeno combined with. Let me get back in here. Anybody else jump in? Feel free. Well, so I am getting something more like almost like a uh, a cherry. Like it's really no. Bank see, there's and really def- weird. There is a fruit in there. Again, that is subtle. Not necessarily like a fruit that has a subtle smell, but it's a subtle amount of some fruit and maybe I don't it's know like a it habanero jam or something like it's sweet habanero like have mm. you guys ever had like a pepper jam like with crack cheese and crackers no i'm a normal human john of course i haven't done that yeah i seem to i seem to the weird shit you're always keep coming back to the same few <laughs> notes here i'm hitting a lot of the tree fruits so like peach and apricot tea, and apple keep coming back for me um like yeah. apricot could be, and I don't know. It's hard. There's a lot going on here. All right, we overanalyzed the nose. I went in for it. What did you taste? Oh man, ooh, it's c- cacophony. Magic. Wow. Is that what magic? You know what's weird? It's it's not nearly as vegetal on the palate as it is on the nose. No. It is. Um, ooh. It's still got like a little smoke Whoa. to it, but it's a totally different smoke. It's it's a super light smoke. Yeah. God, there's another show of stuff going on here. Ooh, Steven, you fuck. Where are you? Right. Actually, it's not his fault. We, we sent him. Um, he's promoting the podcast in Europe right now. Hey, fair. Um, I believe he, he better come back with some fucking chocolate. He's in Switzerland right now. Wow. Is he really? Fuck that guy. I'm getting some some leather. Either Switzerland or Belgium. Um, one of the two. I, I He was in one of them tonight. And I, I'm losing track of the time time zones. So is he at this point. If he's I, in I know, Switzerland, right. He's going Belgium, to those two places. Yeah. This it's probably six Week hours. Him. Probably six hours. It's the middle of the night for him. I know he's going to. Um, he, I think he's checking out like three or four different um, Spanish brandy places, like in some Calados. Oh, that that's is cool. that is so him. Is he uh, going to bring that's home? Mi- that's midweek podcast episodes for what we're paying him to do this. This is like expensive <laughs> fucking travel cost. Um, I know he was going to go check out some Armagnac in France. He was oh, going wow. to. Um, I don't know what they're doing in Portugal. I think he's just hanging How out. How long in Portugal. is he gone? He's doing a day in Portugal, and he said, "Like, no, I got some, I got a line on some things, but was very vague about it." I think he's just fucking hanging out at the beach. Um, Good to have. Because what is the Portuguese fucking spirit? I, I don't even, I can't even think of one. Oh, Portuguese wine. We yes, we are not a wine po- podcast, John. Despite our best efforts. Oh yeah, we haven't had any wine on this podcast. No, it's like the only spirit. Or it's not tastes, tastes spirit, like yeah. grapes. We're, okay, cool. What else? What yeah. else we got? Like, <laughs> that's a that's a whole other night. Oh, hey, 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 listen, I, I like wine. I am not versed enough in it to give you good content on a, on a on wine. Not that being said, I'll do an an episode if the people demand it. Yeah. Um. I have right. another note for this. Please, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> bring us back. Bring us back in. Um, I'm back on that cigar smoke. I feel like this is like the remnants of cigar smoke, like in a room, but no. I have it on this cigar. part of my tongue, but not that part of my tongue. And she pointed to the left. Just in the back. I'm getting in the back. Um, uh, for me, it's the on my left, the left back side of my tongue. I could take. I could get that. I'm getting almost like eucalyptus. I'm seeing that on the fret on the wheel here. I do like something fresh. I like spirits that have eucalyptus notes on them. I don't know. Th- I. You don't see it. Or you're not tasting it. Now that you said it, I like. I wouldn't have picked that out myself. Yeah. But now that you said it, I notice it a little bit. All right, and I I don't I never smoke these, but I feel like clove cigarette might be what I'm oh, thinking here. Oh, maybe that's a it. A combination of like mint, a little bit of spice, a little bit of tobacco, clove cigarette. That's my thought on this, yeah. but like not in a bad way, right? No, like yeah, there's a lot going on here. I 
now that you said mint and you said eucalyptus, I feel like I do get that a little bit kind of um, right as you swallow. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like healing. It's light. It's really vegetative. This has been an interesting um, spread of mezcals. I know it's all the same brand, obviously, but... Um, but it's like plantation, like we were saying earlier, in the sense that these are all sourced different different plants, so that has an influence. Mm-hmm. And this one's the most unique of them because it's a different mascalero mm-hmm. and a different process entirely, different plant. So, mm-hmm. um, And I also did, I neglected to mention this earlier, but the proof on this is or the ABV is 44.3%. So it's it's relatively lower than the others. Yeah. But it doesn't, it has so much flavor in it. I don't think you, I wouldn't want to see this. But what was the what was the range? What was the highest? And 98 was the highest, right? Yeah, so almost 100 proof. For the first one, and yeah. then it's gone down since then. Yeah. Um, I have two more notes to add. Oh. Okay. Leather. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm adding the first that. time there. That's like, yeah, yeah, we didn't say it. Leather and which is on the kind of you look at the flavor wheel. It's in the phenolic woody. Area. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Um, and it's a fruit. I think it might be pineapple. You know what? Actually, mm. now that you say that, I was it thinking might be pineapple. I was thinking earlier that there was something almost like a rum about this, and I was like, ah, eh, maybe pineapple. And then I was like, no, it's not quite that for me. But it is, maybe that is what it is. It's, it's, I feel like it's in the neighborhood of pineapple. And again, yeah. it's like very subtle. We're, we're digging deep on like six different flavor notes here, but they're there. That's well, like, what, again, I love complex on. spirits. Right. Think about like it has 2% of all of these things we're saying, and that adds mm-hmm. up to 100% eventually. Yeah, there's 50 notes. Yeah. yeah I don't know that. I... The whole back of the bottle is just our 50 <laughs> flavor notes. Yeah. I don't know that I would have found pineapple on there. But maybe well, Jenny, we're talking yeah. about him. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't say it wasn't possible. I'm just saying what I found was grapefruit. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I could get behind that grapefruit too. Yeah, definitely. There's there's like that grapefruit. I, I could see that. I could see that. Like a little pomplamoose action. Yeah. Sure. Oh, total pomplamoose. I, I like that. All right. Any final thoughts on this one before we compare, contrast, share favorites? It was. This was definitely the most interesting of the group. The te- Tepazate. For me, I feel like this was a little bit eye-opening in the Mezcal world because um, the comparison to, like, um, agricole rum, like, I feel like I could actually, like, make a solid connection between each of these except maybe the Espadine. But the the last three kind of reminded me of that agricole rum so that's interesting are you suggesting for a future episode we do side by sides with mezcal and agricole rum oh my goodness because i wasn't ready to change the world today (laughs) yeah but i guess if i have to i mean if i must if does that make sense if it makes sense as an episode i think that we should do it i'm not entirely sure i actually love the idea of um cross spirits well, because we talk a lot about how, with, usually this is when we're not on, not on podcast, but like usually we're hanging out with people and we're drinking a bunch of our our, our things we, 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 we get into. And it's like, oh man, this rum tastes like a bourbon. This thing tastes like that. This tastes okay. like this. And the, we talk about, oh yeah, if you blind tasted somebody with it, like this, they would think it was this. Mm. And I would love to blind taste somebody on like four of these things and just be like, hey, what do you think this is? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, that's an agricultural rum. Oh, that's a mezcal. That's a... That's yeah. a bourbon. That's a rum. And then after they decide it, then you can kind of break it down a little bit. Yeah. But I don't want it to be like a gotcha thing because that's not cool because it generally does taste like that. But uh, there's because we've had so many no. rums that taste like bourbon. We've had so many uh, like these mezcals that taste like yeah. agricultural rum, agricultural rum that tastes like bourbon. Mm-hmm. It There is a lot of things that morph into other things. And, it's, and not even that, like we recently, our friend, our dear friend, fan of the show, and recent guest multiple times, so good stuff there. Uh, Todd, he recently blind tasted some people on Evan Williams mm-hmm. and Pappy Twelve, and they pick the Evan Williams. Wow! Hell yeah! Although we are on record saying the bottle fucks. Yeah. From our, our previous bottom shelf, which, which Evan Williams are you talking about? Oh, the black Regular. label, just the standard black label. Fourteen ninety nine for a seven fifty year local store. Beat out the Van Winkle twelve year. You're goddamn right it did. Wow. Not yeah, not on this podcast, but yeah, yeah. No, with no. our friend, yeah, with his, our friend. I don't it's, know who was tasting it. It's but, hearsay. It's hearsay, but we'll allow it. Mm-hmm. But like, 
the fact that it was even in the same conversation. Yeah. Not even that it was like, hey, that's I mean, that's next level. That I, if it actually if that actually happened and it beat it in a blind tasting, I mean, that's ridiculous, but not impossible. Right. As we just we just tasted it with five other things and it was the best thing we tried. That we agreed. Oh, for sure. Um, the the panel we had for um, for the bottom the, the bottom shelf episode, yeah. yeah. Um, was not necessarily the people who would be grabbing for those bottom shelf bottles on a regular basis. And I feel like we changed some minds. Um, I know we did because yeah, Todd, Todd showed up to, I'll, I'll rephrase. (laughs) Todd went out to buy a benchmark and Evan Williams after that episode. And that is not his vibe. So (laughs) I'm proud. I'm proud. I want to say to the world, Todd, we have a hundred thousand listeners now. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> for for opening yourself up to some face mm-hmm. and whiskey. Some high quality face and whiskey. I'm actually really glad that that's who we had on that episode just because like oh, he and Cooper were great for that because Yeah, that worked out well. Oh yeah. They are people who typically would not drink any of that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we yeah, we changed parts and minds that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on anything that we've had? What are our our favorites? Do we is it possible to pick a favorite? I'm going to revisit this tome a lot. Real I was going to say, yeah. is it okay if I taste something else again? Yeah, well, let's do it. Because I want to taste both of them again, but I would like to go to there. <laughs> um, I, I like So the Espanine was fine. It was fine. The other three are what are really standouts though. Yeah, for sure. Even like the, so the, I feel like the Sierra Negra is going to end up being like buried a little bit in this, mm. like, like what's our favorite situation here. Just because I really enjoyed that one, but these next, the next two after that are just so unique that it's like. I'm gonna try that Sierra so one again right yeah. now after right. I finish this Tobola, which is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Tobola, I might, I might, you know, I'm gonna die in the sill. This Tobola fucks. Oh yeah. Oh man, are we going? No, there? I don't think you need to die. I'm that here. Either. I didn't bring any water or rations. I'm gonna die in the sill. Yeah. No, I think that I'm that's Teddy Roosevelt. This is San Juan Hill. <laughs> And he definitely did all the things. It's definitely not like he just happened to be there four hours later after the battle happened. Yeah. I, I, I led the troops into battle. Yeah. No, I don't think that anybody's going to disagree with you on that. I think that bottle is definitely. And then founded the Bull Moose Party. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that John, is. That... John is still a registered Bull Moose, by the way. You know what? I am one of a few. I'm not the only one. That Tobala is really good. Put a fucking sticker on that right now. That Tobola fucks. I mean, it's a little bottle, um, I know. I'll do it in a minute. No, I, yeah, I was more. <laughs> you said re- right now. Rhetorical, though. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> I think I am going to try this here. Uh, I know, because like that, right. that one surprised me a lot. Let's see. Also, again, like I'm going to reiterate this. If you're in Chicago and you can go to a stereo and try this, like. Please do because Ooh, they lot, also fuck. <laughs> I'm getting a lot more um, like cinnamon on the Sierra Negra this time, and that for me is going to tip it over. I think that's. Do, do you think it's because we were baking during the break? Oh yeah, we definitely we baked a ton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's not fall yet, but it's never too early to start preparing. You know, right, right. You know, well, also we have a sweet tooth, so that is very true. <laughs> very true. As we eat this, a little piece of cake in front of us. No, I got to say, for me, I, what I like about the Sierra Negra is that it's a mix of like the smokiness of the Espadine, and yet it's not as mild as either the Tobola or the mm-hmm. Tepesate. And for me, I kind of want that smokiness. I just don't want it to be overpowering, and I'm, I'm right. right here with that. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, do we know how available these items are? Um, I got these at uh, one of our... A uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Off Premise. It's, oh, yeah. a uh, pretty small spot. Love Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, I think, works really hard to get this brand in. Um, they are not, ex- they're not distributed very widely. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so they're around, but um, I think you kind of got to, figure out where where you're living right, and yeah. kind of travel a little bit. It's not like they fly off the shelves. It's just they're not distributed very widely, I think. Sure, sure. And, I mean, some of them do. Like this um, Tepetzate is is in short supply, so people, you know, mm-hmm. go after that. But um, Well, Mezcal has been a very growing category the last two years. Yeah. 
maybe two, maybe four years even. But well, uh, yeah, that might. The thing is though, like with the way that these are made, that might make a lot of these like way harder to get because like they're only make made in. Well, we talked before about Tobolab being like a vanishing brand uh, category. It's it's not how it works. But they are, they are becoming mass consumed. Yeah. You just can't, you can't grow it like that. Mm -hmm. And yet they're not even, I mean, they're not even really priced to, I mean, there's even tequilas that we like that you can't get regularly because they're Mm -hmm. too sought after it. Cause agave, it takes a long time to grow it. Right. And the stuff yeah. that's grown in the wild, you can't like plant more of it. Right. It's not like, hey, let's let's open up some more farms for this. And especially if it's, it's it takes twelve to fourteen to twenty years for some of this stuff. It's just, hey, yeah, the mezcal really took off this like last year. Cool. Well, in twenty years, we'll have a bunch of mezcal. And the other thing that makes this sustainable is the work, uh, like the work, the attitude towards work is just different in every other country than the United States. Like. The, the farmer who harvests uh, the agave on the side of the hill is doing it to make a living, not doing it to make a fortune. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the United States, we would be like, oh, well, this there's greater demand. You should spend more time out there searching for these. But mm-hmm. I get the impression from this category, at least where we are right now, that these farmers who are producing Tobola or other like high altitude mezcal mm-hmm. from the wild, or excuse me, uh, agaves from the wild, are not hiring more workers to be able to make larger uh, operations to meet demand. I think that what what was more likely is that they're going to continue on with the way that they've been doing this, and just you're going to see less product available. Well, also, I mean, this is a problem that's happening even with tequila, which is a farmable agave. They, they're running out of agave. They can't meet the demand. And Mezcal is going to, like, Mezcal picked up as a result of tequila kind of faltering because they can't meet the demand. And Mezcal, similarly, especially especially these kind that you can't just farm, it's like, hey, if everyone wants Tobola Mezcal, that's great. We only can make X amount. Yeah. So good luck. All right, wait. I want to I wanna make this firm. So what are you, what are you thinking are your favorites? Sierra Negra is great. I'm not wrong, right? It is. I'm drinking it's it again so, right now. No, yeah, I've got it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to try that one again. It's it is between the Tepestate for you, I feel like, and the Tobola. And I'm very intrigued to know. I mean, unless you think Sierra Negra is your Sierra, no, it's growing. Like I'm drinking it again right now, yeah. and it's growing on it's me. Really good. Right. Right. Ah, uh, you know, I. Mm, mm. It's, These are the tough choices we live in, my friend. I would say you could rank them, but there are too few to rank. You no. know, I mean, I, like the Espadine, I'm sure is much cheaper on like on its yeah. own here. I know you, you, this was a set we got. Right. I feel that the Espadine is good for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think absolutely. it's. Yeah. I, I think it's great. I, I mean, never ask a spirit to be more than it was made to be. Yeah. Except for Evan Williams, which it was. It was made to be. You could never ask a for face it to whiskey, be, and yeah. it, what it did was beat. Happy twelve in a blind date. Yeah, you could never ask for it to do what it's done. <laughs> it, it's like, hey, my kid's bad at sports, but like, I put him in there, and I'm like, I'm rooting for him. And then he's like, oh, he scored five touchdowns to win the state championship, and I'm like, that's my fucking kid. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really, thought this would happen. I can't, I can't believe that that is the analogy you just came up with right now. Like, I'm, I'm very proud of you for that analogy right now. I mean, it's not as good as me being right, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then Jenny's immediately like, all right, back to tasting this mezcal. Back to tasting mezcal. But uh, I, the Tobol is my favorite. You, you stand I, by that? I fucking love that agave. Yeah. It's yeah. it's everything I want in an agave-based spirit. So uh, Jenny, producer Jenny's just tried the Tepestate again. Mm-hmm. And you've, where are you landing now? But you're right. I'm going to taste so that again as I well, actually. I guess... I wish I knew the price points on all of these for, but don't worry about it in a vacuum. What do you think? Yeah. Cause we're not, you know, you're not like mezcal isn't really a category that we're thinking about. Like, um, no, I know. So here, because so the, the way, cheapest one's like $70, you know? Well, yeah, mezcal is not, again, we talked about this earlier. Like, yeah, it's not, it, it's not a cheap spirit. Yeah. It's no. like the, the cheapest mezcals are like 30 bucks. No, but I have a really good, I feel like I have a, a solid thought process on this, and I feel like I think Zach Alphanakis in the stop, hangover. Stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Let me let me get my thought out. <laughs> um, no, so I feel like each one of these serves a purpose, 
And all of them do a very good job of serving their purpose. Mm. Um, so I do think I like the Tobola the best in a vacuum, but the Sierra Negra is so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to, what's the other one? I don't know. Tepistate? how to. Thank Tepistate. you. Tepistate. I didn't want to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Same boat. I feel, I feel you. <laughs> I was trying to get somebody else to say it. Um, you know, the blue one. It's their word. Yep. <laughs> and that one is really freaking cool. Like that is a mm. cool spirit. Um, but I think the Tobola is still my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, John, what are your thoughts on this? I had to say that the Sierra Negra, uh, although that was my favorite, I also agree that Tobola was my second Whoa, favorite. Whoa, okay. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- that's not surprising to me. Like both of the, those two were both very good. I, I just think also that Alberto Martinez Lopez and his son-in-law, Rinaldo, who we don't know his first name because it's just not offered. Hey, listen, or his, last his, name. his name is Reynaldo. I guess it's like Cher. Yeah. Or Ronaldo. Oh, or yeah. Also, I really want to put that Espadine in uh, Mezcal Negroni. You won't. Yeah. I I will. I, will. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like these are so, I loved um, sipping these neat and, but I would love to try that Negroni. The, this to- is the thing Tobola like. Tobola and Paloma. Yeah. It, what's your, what's your, um, what is holding you back from wanting to do that? Only because I enjoy that spirit so much on its own. Um, the and, and I don't love, I mean, I like um, Negroni has Campari or uh, like a uh, It's supposed Amaro. to be Campari, yeah. Um, I don't, the funny thing is like, I just don't see that adding a lot to it. But I would try it. I would try yeah. it, Jenny, because I trust you and your taste. So here, here's what's interesting is like, I feel like in most, um, spirits conversations that we have, we're talking about, um, usually the spirits that you cocktail with are the ones that are not as expensive, right? Like the ones that are, but when, but people like Mezcal Negronis, like that's a very regularly used cocktail And and Mezcals are not generally that cheap. So... And a cocktail is only as good as your base spirit in it, really. You do say that a lot. It's absolutely true. I mean, <laughs> and I yeah. but also, also though, the the mixer. Did you realize that a Negroni has only alcoholic mixers? Um, I wasn't referring to a Negroni. I don't think, but we were talking about a Negroni. Oh, I was I was just suggesting these are great. Well, products. you were talking about how um, it's oh, not just the but it's not just the base spirit. You also need to have other good. Ingredients, yeah, which is yeah, absolutely true. Yes, yes. I mean, I, was, I get that in general. But I was when we're talking about a mezcal Negroni. That's a, we, like we, a we had a conversation stretch. the other day about whether or not I actually like Negronis. Oh, and uh, well, it, I made him one. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty good. But admittedly, Negroni not my favorite cocktail. No, I, maybe you've not, had too much not, Campari in it. Sometimes I feel like that's. I didn't even know. I put way more gin than Campari in that. Mm. <laughs> and it, honestly, it was it was it was fine. I was just like, yeah, that's just not my favorite cocktail. Yeah. Do you like, like a Boulevardier? Yeah. Yeah. I like Boulevardier. I'm. I like a sidecar. Mm. I I like a pull. I mean, it's. I, I think you would like I, a boulevard. I can't love every fucking cocktail. Like I like I think, a lot of cocktails. I think that yeah. you would like a boulevardier with less Campari in it, though, oh, yeah. too. So, like, correct, correct. Just like a Manhattan, you want to splash every move. Yeah, watch. yeah. I like man, I like them. I love it old fashioned. Yeah, but it's got to be like you know. I also think that a, a really good for a solid vermouth is important for a good Negroni. So but. true. It's got to be. Yeah. I yes. I agreed. So anyway, Cinco Sentidos. So, you know what, John? I thought a lot about it, and the Sierra Negra is my second favorite. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's it's so good. Ringer, yeah. Listen, and I, the, the Tepestate is the most interesting. Yeah. By right, far. Right. By far. But I don't... It's super interesting, and I like that a lot. I'm not... But I'm not in like with it. Yeah. I love the Tobola. I'm in like with Sierra Negra. So, uh... Mary, yeah. So Mary the uh, Tobola, uh, maybe fuck the Tepestate, and then uh, Mary also the Sierra Negra. 
like secret family in Canada. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. I gotcha. Yeah, I got, yeah that, that feels like the secret family. I was like, family. where is right. this going? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we don't want to kill anybody. Mary, yeah. fuck, also Mary. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> very, right. very, very PG rated episode of the podcast. This has been fun. I'm not sure how much of the. Uh, There's going to be some tangents cut out tangents, of this episode. <laughs> but those are, We're playing we need, all of it. So. Well, we need those tangents. We're at an hour 22 right now. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> well, me? Well, we had four things to try. Um, (laughs) but you know what though all good content um this has been a lot of fun i i've learned a ton about mezcal and cinco sentidos Mm -hmm. i am in love with this brand i'm definitely interested in trying more of their stuff i'll be checking out at estereo and other places in chicago i'll see you there tomorrow night right yeah Yeah. all right uh any final thoughts uh before we close them out mezcal's great try it Mm -hmm. producer jenny I felt like this, I said this earlier, but I feel like this brand did a really good job of um, finding place, like uh, placing each of their um, different types of mezcal very well. Nail on the head. Yeah. Um, Please email us with your predictions on who's going to win this year's Fantasy Spirits Contest, me or John. And you can do that where? Chai Spirits Guys at gmail.com or on Instagram at Chai Spirits Guys. Uh, that's com- the, the draft is coming up soon. The correct w- answer is John. Will John lose again? Or will Parker finally lose? We'll see. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll be back again next week with another fantastic episode of Chai Spirits Guys. Cheers. <laughs>